Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. This episode is going to be the best one ever done. I think, I think it's going to have the most listens ever. I think it's going to be the most interesting. It's my birth story. It's a wild story and it's a really good one. And oh my gosh, there's just so much to say. Um, Before we dive in, so I'm on maternity leave for the next two months, three months-ish. I'm going to be diving back in a little bit in December and then starting back up in January with like my client calls, my podcast interviews, things like that that require like childcare for me to be working, right? Um, But it's funny because I thought I would be like not on social media very much during this time and not creating content. You know, I mean, I knew I'd share pictures of my daughter and like, you know, some thoughts on motherhood and stuff like that. But I've been so inspired for my business. I've been so inspired to create content, not necessarily business. Like I'm not selling anything. Um, I'm, I'm letting people know like what they can expect in January, but um, yeah, just like writing posts and making reels and just sharing my journey and my experiences. Um it's nice to have like no pressure around creating content. It's nice to approach it more from like an artistic creative way versus like a business way. So come check it out over on Instagram. It's Leah party is the handle. Um, yeah. If you want to see all the adorable baby pics and hear my thoughts on new motherhood and among other things. <laughs> so also just to let you guys know in January, we are going to have a live round of Heal Breathwork Academy. So this is my academy where I'm teaching you to become a certified breathwork facilitator. I've been running this. This will be two years now of running this program, but I've only done it live once. And I get requests all the time to run this live. And I get it. It's a better experience. Um, you're going to have interaction with me. You're going to have interaction with the other students. Um, it It's going to be incredible. So I'm not going to go into too much detail here. If you thought about becoming a breathwork facilitator, if you want to get that certification, if you want to join us live in January for that, go to the show notes. There's a link there. You can find out all about it. Um, you can hear from students and alumni and yeah, check out all the details there. So my story really begins almost exactly a year ago. So it's October 25th when I'm recording this. And one year ago, I remember because it was Halloween week, we were about to have our, our annual Halloween party. My husband and I throw um, every year as we are first year in like, I think seven years where we haven't thrown it because now we have a newborn um, who's on my chest, by the way, I'm wearing her in a baby carrier. So you might hear some little coos and some little sounds. Hopefully she'll pipe in a little bit and give her two cents on the birth story. But anyways, yeah. So it was like around this time last year when I kind of out of the blue decided I wanted to be a mom. <laughs> I had been married for five years. My husband and I thought we weren't going to have kids. And he he always said maybe one. And he still says one. Um, I always, I, I just had spent years not thinking I was going to be a mom, not thinking I wanted kids. I loved the freedom. I think especially when I became an entrepreneur and left my corporate job, like the freedom was unmatched. And I was like, wow, like I, I don't want anything to take this away, this lifestyle, you know, and being able to travel whenever I wanted, not going to lie. A big part of it was being really attached to my body, the way that my body looked, um, and, and, and that kind of thing. So there were a lot of reasons I was afraid. What if something's wrong? Like, can I really handle if something's wrong with my child, you know, um, quote wrong. Right. So there were a lot of reasons I didn't want to be a mom. And, um, 
didn't want kids. And, but I had started having baby fever probably like six months before this. And I was noticing it. And, um, yeah, other things too, like my really, really close friend, Vicki McWilliams, she is, um, she was my doula. She was supposed to be my doula. <laughs> I hired her to be my doula. Um, one of my best friends, she's incredible. And she taught me so much about birth. Um, she shares a lot on her Instagram, which I'll, I'll share that in the show notes, but she talks a lot about natural birth and all these things. And it really inspired me just spending so much time with her and learning about it and seeing her passion for it. And I was like, wow, there's just so much to the world of birth that I had no idea, you know, and I never would have thought about, you know, I probably just would have done the hospital route. Like I hadn't really, I hadn't thought about it um, to that point, to that time. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that kind of went into this decision, but one day last October, I said to my husband, young before I said, I think I want to have a kid. He was like, yeah, I guess, I guess it's that time. Like, you know, I'm 30, I was 30 at the time. He was 33 at the time. And so it kind of felt like, you know, as I was, as I was examining this decision and journaling on it, I'm like, you know, it's not like, it's not like you can't be older than 30 and have a kid. Obviously you totally can. Um, and odds are things will be fine. But I, but I did kind of feel like it's kind of now or never, like if I'm going to do this, why wouldn't I do this now sort of a thing? So I think that played a role too, being like, I'm 30 now, you know? So anyways, decided we wanted a kid, but my husband wasn't like ready to start trying yet, you know? And I was like, well, let's just fucking do this. If we're going to do this, let's do it now, which is my, like totally an example of our marriage and our personalities. Right. I'm like, I'm like all in. Once I make a decision, I'm like, let's fucking do it today. You know, um, he's much more cautious with making changes. Anyways, so <laughs> I don't want to give away too many details of how the conception happened because that would involve, you know, that's not just about me, my husband. So anyways, we conceived <laughs> the day before New Year's Eve last year. And um yeah. So then I was pregnant and I honestly loved being pregnant a lot of the time. And I struggled with it a lot of the time. I had a couple weeks of like pretty serious, um, prenatal depression. I had a lot of symptoms, like a lot, you know, like it wasn't, didn't feel like easy. It didn't feel like super, you know, some people just don't really have a lot of symptoms. I feel like that was my experience, which I expected obviously to have symptoms anyways. I enjoyed it a lot of the time. It was very much like some of the best, happiest moments of my life were when I was pregnant and some of the hardest moments. And I think I learned so much from the hard moments and from really being intentional about how I, how I dealt with them. It gave me so much insight and opportunity to, to handle things when things are difficult, when things are painful, when things are uncomfortable. So yeah, that was the pregnancy in, in a very, very small nutshell. And I was like pretty content most of the time being pregnant though, until my due date. So here's the thing. I educated myself quite thoroughly. I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I learned a lot of things. One thing that I learned was that it's pretty rare for a first time mom to go into labor before her due date. It's just like not the most common thing. And so I wasn't expecting that, right? But still when my due date came, which was a Friday, I was like, okay. All right. But the day after my due date, I was like, fuck, 
I'm so over this. I'm fucking pissed that I'm still pregnant. <laughs> and like, obviously there's lots of hormones going on. I was super big and uncomfortable. I could barely sleep. Like a lot was happening. Right. But I was just like really, really struggling with going past my due date. Oh, it was, it was really, really hard. And it's funny because like, I, that's what, that's normal and expected, but it was still really hard. So the way it works. So I, I was planning to give birth at the midwife center in Pittsburgh, which is the only like freestanding birth center in the area. So that's like where you go if you want to have um, a less intervention birth, a natural birth, um, but with the support of support people, like midwives, nurses, um, also being part of the system. They take health insurance. They are hooked up with the hospital. So if you need to transfer, they like set that up for you and and that sort of thing. And I, I liked all of that. I liked everything about the midwife center. I had the best care leading up to my birth. I mean, I, um, I opted for something called centering pregnancy, which was their group program. So instead of going in for individual appointments, I'd go in for group appointments. It was so, so, so incredible. I can't say enough good things about them. Um, amazing. Fell in love with the place. Right. And so um, they have one of the, they have some rules though. They have some rules. They, they comply with the system, right? They're in the system. They take health insurance. Therefore they have to do certain things. They have to comply with certain rules. They have, um, liabilities that they have to keep in mind, right? They make decisions based on that. That's something that I, that you kind of have to accept when you're making a choice to, to birth there. So one of their rules is you can't get birth there past 42 weeks, lots of conflicting ideas about whether or not that's necessary to induce a woman before, you know, to, to not go past 42 weeks, whatever. I was never planning on going past 42 weeks. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, give me the natural route, but I got limits to it. Right. And, um, so I, ne I never, I would not want to go past 42 weeks. Not my thing, <laughs> not happening. So what they do is that last week, um, starting at 41 weeks, they'll recommend induction methods, which they use things like they'll start with like a membrane sweep and then they'll maybe do like a Foley bulb, castor oil, things that are considered like, quote, non-medical um, and to get you going, right? To get you to be able to birth there, not the hospital, because after 42 weeks, you have to go to the hospital unless you want to do like a home birth without any support, whatever. Um, so yeah, so I, but I really didn't, I, I didn't want to do those things. I really wanted a spontaneous birth. I really wanted her to show up. I wanted to see what day she would come if we didn't interfere. Like I was so curious how it would play out without any of those interventions. Um, so I was kind of getting disappointed a few days after my due date. I'm like, oh man, like, do I get a membrane sweep? Like, oh, to be done being pregnant, like so much temptation to do one of these interventions. Right. Um, but also so much curiosity of what would happen if I didn't. So I, you know, had appointments every week, finally decided, okay, the coming Friday, I was going to be 41 weeks on that day. I had to go in for a no stress test to check on the baby. That's one of their policies. I decided I was going to get membrane sweep on that day if nothing had happened. So I really wanted things to happen before then. <laughs> And this is where the story is, is pretty miraculous. So the day before that, which was when I was, you know, um, I was, it was the day before I would have been 41 weeks. I woke up feeling 
I mean, okay. Let me back it up just one second. So I had a ton of Braxton Hicks contractions. So a lot of thinking, maybe I'm in labor. I don't know. This isn't like very painful. So maybe not, but like constant. I mean, I would have them for days. I'd have them all night long. They were just, it was really annoying. (laughs) And so I had had them all night. I woke up and I, and I remember in the middle of the night that night thinking, I, these are pretty strong. Like maybe this is early labor. Woke up in the morning, nothing much was happening. Wrote in my journal. It was a full moon. I wrote in my journal. Let me read you exactly what I wrote, actually. Give me one second because this is like pretty interesting. So I was like, this is the last day I could give birth spontaneously, right? Because tomorrow I was planning to get the um, membrane sweep. So I was like really, really hopeful that that would be the day. Um, Let me find, where is it? There's like an Instagram post where I, where the fuck? I thought that I, you know what? I know where I can find it. So I was like, man, I really, really want it to be today. I'm I'm done. I'm ready to be done. And uh, yeah, so I wrote in my journal. And I'm reading this from from a picture I took of of the entry into my journal. I am calling my baby forth into the world. If she is ready, please send her to me on this full moon. Thank you. And I drew a heart. So so this is like what I do in my journal a lot of the time is like a prayer. So I write a prayer in my journal. And I, at this point, I also like spoke the prayer out loud. I'm like, God, if she's ready, send her to me. I'm ready for her. (laughs) Like, let's, let's do this thing. Right. So. I wrote that in my journal and several hours later, it was, it was in the afternoon. (laughs) I had a really strong contraction, much stronger than the Braxton Hicks ones I'd been having. And I thought, oh shit, maybe this is it. So I remember looking at the clock on my phone, right? Looking at my phone to see what time it was. I'm like, "Mm, let me take a peek just in case these start coming and I can kind of know when it started. And it was 3.33 PM. Okay. 30 minutes later happened again. And they started being consistent every 30 minutes. And I was like, I don't know. Like I had so many false starts kind of with the Braxton Hicks. I wasn't convinced I was in labor, but they were much, these were much stronger contractions. So I was thinking I'm probably in labor. I'm not going to call my husband at work and tell him or anything. Like he'll be home soon. I probably won't go into the midwife center until the middle of the night or tomorrow. Like I was expecting a long labor. Um, and so they started getting closer together. And so my husband got home like around five o'clock and I'm like, Hey, so they're I'm having these contractions are 20 minutes apart. Like I'm in labor. And so, you know, of course he got like super nervous and I wasn't nervous at all. I was not nervous at all. I throughout pregnancy really didn't feel nervous about birth. I was nervous about a lot of things. I was nervous about being a newborn mom. I was nervous about would my baby be okay? I was nervous about a lot of things, but giving birth wasn't one of them. And for a couple of reasons, for one, my mindset was every woman on the planet, most, most women on the planet have done this, many of them more than once. We didn't have epidurals until, I don't know, not long ago. And everyone... <laughs> like did this. So that was kind of, and then the other part of my mindset was like, it's so, so, so short. Like it's so short. It's a day or two, maybe three, if you, you know, um, maybe less than one day. That's it. Like 
that's, that's it. So that's, so that, that mindset led me to not being nervous about it. Meanwhile, like, I mean, I have a newborn for two months, right? So like one day, like, you know, what? like, that's fine. It's kind of my mindset. So I really wasn't nervous. I was actually feeling really good. I was so excited to meet my baby. Honestly, just as excited to be done being pregnant. Not going to lie. But we um, ate some chili for dinner. You know, I was still like fine between my contractions. We started packing our bags. I still was like telling my husband like what to bring to like work for lunch tomorrow. I'm like, I'll probably go to work tomorrow. Like who knows when we'll go in. I'm like, you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon. They started getting closer and closer and stronger. So then they were like 15 minutes apart. And we're like, yeah, this might happen tonight. Like this is, this is, this is good going pretty quick um and uh I noticed a couple things with the contractions once they started getting pretty strong and painful um and I hesitate to use that word a little bit because you guys know me I'm I'm into manifestation I'm into mindset and I really didn't use the word pain throughout my pregnancy to because I wouldn't describe things as painful because I believe and it's a thing that that the experience of pain is half physical and half mental. So by not describing things as painful and making it not as big a deal in my mind, it has historically really helped me handle pain, whether that was period cramps, headaches, stubbing my toe, whatever. I've been practicing this for a long time. I stub my toe, my mind goes, fuck. And then I snap and I go, it's just a sensation. And I take my mind off of it. And it releases the pain a lot. So I had, I, that was my like lifestyle, right? And so this was not new to me. I'm going to use the word pain here because um, that was my experience. And I do think there's this huge narrative that I see, especially like on social media about like, you can have a pain-free birth, just buy my videos. <laughs> um have your most blissful orgasmic birth if you heal your trauma using my system I see a lot of that and I think it's super misleading and I want to just be real and raw in this birth story and describe things the way they fucking felt so it was fucking painful okay so these contractions started getting painful and so I noticed um I noticed that I was kind of feeling out of control when they would happen I started to get on my hands and knees during them and I had said to my husband, look, look there's going to come a point here soon where I'm not going to be able to talk during these. So just if you just don't talk to me, like, you know, I'm okay. I'm fine. But like, let me be in my own space during these. If you see me on my hands and knees, let me be right. That's <laughs> kind of what I said. Um, Cause he was really nervous and he was, he was like, I don't like how quiet you are during these. I'm like, listen, you're not the one experiencing this. Okay. So I, um, after several of these pretty strong contractions, I remembered the de-stressor breath that I had learned to do during the contractions. And it's, um, really just diaphragmatic breathing, but I was really focusing my breath and I noticed, holy crap, that helped with the pain so much. Sometimes I would feel a little out of control. Like I'd kind of be like irking, arching my back and moving my body and like losing my breath. And it was much worse when I got on my hands and knees and focused on my breath, focused on my breath, 
They were so much more tolerable. It was like amazing. So they were tough, but you know, in between contractions, I was like, I got this. Like my mindset was so good at this point. I was like, I got this. I can do this, you know, just really talking myself up. And so I had downloaded this app prior to this, which was a contraction timer app. So I started using it, you know, to time the contractions. It was super helpful, super easy to use. Um, and one thing that I thought was kind of funny though was like, it would pop up with a full screen ad during the, during me timing my contractions and like get in my way. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This app is only to be used during labor and you're putting ads on here for the stupidest shit. Anyways, so they were getting closer and closer and I could tell, I could see how close, how consistent they were getting closer. I said to my husband, Alex, I was like, we'll leave at nine o'clock. So he kept being like, it was like, you know, eight 30. He's like, we well, should just go now. I'm like, well, honey, that's not how it works. Like they want you to come when the contractions are five minutes apart and one minute long or whatever. But he was like so nervous and wanted to leave. And I was like, we gotta wait. So I mentioned that my doula, Vicky, I had hired and she was incredible with support um, during my entire pregnancy, but she had the flu. <laughs> so luckily she had put me in touch with my backup doula, Cheyenne. And I'll link her Instagram in the show notes as well. Oh my gosh, can you hear um, Clara snoring? You probably can't hear that. So quiet. Oh my gosh, it's the cutest thing ever. Okay, so backup doula was Cheyenne. Vicky had arranged this. I had already been talking to her and also we, we followed each other on Instagram. So we've been chatting over there as well. And like, you know, we, we were vibing it up. We were like, she was super cool. So I was like, okay, hey, Cheyenne, texting her. I'm like, we're going to go to the Web Center at nine you know, so she was going to meet us there. And so I mentioned I had done the, um, the circle, like the group centering pregnancy thing at the midwife center. The only downside of that program is you're really only meeting the midwife who runs it. So I like loved the midwife who ran that group. Her name was Dejanay. Shout out to Dejanay at the midwife center. Um, I loved her and I was always like, oh, I really hope she's my, she's on call. Cause you get the on-call midwife there. So like potentially someone you don't know, which I really didn't care about that much. But I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if she was there for me, you know, didn't really meet a lot of the other midwives. There's like a bunch of them. So I called the midwife center to tell them that we were going to be leaving soon. And it was Dejanay who answered the phone. And I was like, no freaking way. Like, I couldn't believe it was her. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So it seemed like everything was going perfect, right? This was the last day for this to happen spontaneously. It was a full moon. It was like so cool. We got in the car. It was pouring rain. I'm like telling my husband, like, don't drive too fast. Like, this is not an emergency, you know, <laughs> like it's okay. Like we're good. Um, but I had a comb. And so some of you might know the method where you can squeeze a comb, like a wide tooth comb. And that sensation will take your mind away from the contractions. Cause I guess like your brain can focus only on one area of pain or something at a time, whatever but I forgot my comb. So I'm in Alex's truck and I'm like, do you have any pens in here? He had like a couple pens, like with a rubber band around them. So I started gripping them and like stabbing myself in the hand with these pens during contractions. Cause the car ride was, was tough. Like it was 30 minutes to, to get there, to get downtown to the midwife center. Um, it's in the strip district for those of you who know Pittsburgh. And so, yeah, not being able to like do my thing because I'm in the car, not in the car seat, but like, you know, in the car seat, and I'm so stabbing myself with these pens <laughs> during contractions. Um, it's really interesting because I I know that this was intense. 
Okay. I know it was painful. I remember that, but I don't remember what it actually felt like. I think that we, and I've talked to a lot of women who've experienced this too, like just don't remember. I think that's so interesting. Like, I don't know if it's always hard to recall pain or is it God's plan that we can't remember this shit. So we're willing to do it more than once. I don't know. But I remember in between contractions, just talking to myself, hyping myself up, whatever. So we get there. Now, keep in mind, the the day that I conceived was the day before New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve is like the biggest conception date ever, right? So that week at the Midwife Center was like the busiest birth week. September is the busiest month for births. So I was ready to like, they might not have a room for me. Like, that's possible. I was certainly ready that the room that I had picked, like I, when we did a tour, we had picked the room we preferred the most. And I loved the meadow room, loved the vibe, just felt really good in there. So I picked that and I was like, ready that ready to it not to be available. You know, we got there and of course it was available. It had like a standalone tub. I was ready to have a water birth. I was so excited or whatever. So we get there. I'm struggling through my contra- contractions, but I'm cool and I'm excited. And Dejanae greets us and <laughs> takes us into the room And this is where I had my only cervical exam. I didn't want cervical exams throughout labor. Um, I didn't want interventions. I wanted interventions to be as minimal as possible. I did not want to be coached with pushing. I did not want to be coached with positions. I wanted to feel my body, what was right and what was going on and let myself kind of lead and see what, what would happen. I wanted support there. I wanted the doula. I wanted the midwives, but I didn't want to be yeah, I wanted to really like let my body and my intuition kind of lead the way and and let that be the experience. So, but at the Midwife Center, you have a cervical exam required when you check in, largely to make sure the baby isn't breech because they do not do breech births there. That's one of their rules, right? And most places are not going to deliver a breech birth vaginally. That's a C-section pretty much anywhere unless if you do a home birth and the home birth midwife is, is cool with it. So... <laughs> Had the cervical exam. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was four centimeters dilated and I really didn't know what that meant. I was like, okay, is it good? You know, they were like, that's pretty good. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I don't know. So um, I was like, put me in the tub. Like, I'm ready to be in that tub. I had been in the, the um, our hot tub at home a little bit during contractions and it felt so good. So I was really ready to be in the tub and I did want a water birth. You know, I wasn't like super, super attached to it. I knew that a lot of women don't want to birth in the tub when they're in the situation, even though they like really wanted a water birth. So I knew that. So I'm like, I'm super attached to it, but I was like, get me in that tub. I want that tub. The tub felt so fucking good. I loved it. Um, so I got in there. Cheyenne was next to me. She was kind of doing like counter pressure and just some massage on me. Um, One of the nurses told Alex to pour water over me, gave him a cup and said, like, pour some water over her. That will help with the sensations or whatever. There's a reason for it. It felt so good. And um, yeah, it was, it was honestly really magical at this point. I, I, I had made several playlists. I didn't know what vibe I would want. One was like Nicki Minaj, which I did not want at all. Um, and one was like some empowering, like more like spiritual music. And I, I played some of that. And then I was like, I just want sound healing. So I had them put my sound healing playlist on. And that was so, so cool. Um, 
Cheyenne put like the starlights projector thing on the lights were dim no one's talking because I didn't want talking like it was so peaceful now the contractions which were about two minutes apart were tough but in between contractions I was like this is magical as fuck like I'm so glad I'm not at a hospital right now like this is amazing it was really beautiful. Alex and Cheyenne were just like telling me nice things, you know, words of affirmation. My love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. They were well aware and treated me as such. Um, I wanted the physical support. I loved that. I did not want to talk. I was super, super inward, you know, just breathing and doing my thing with contractions. And they were getting more and more intense and more and more painful. Um this went on for a few hours. <laughs> I think the last time I remember looking at the clock, I want to say it was maybe midnight. It's, it's so hard to remember. Um, but so, so a few hours went by of that and contractions started getting more intense to the point where during contractions, I was kind of like, fuck, <laughs> oh, what do I do? Do I ask for nitrous oxide? So that is the pain management method available at the Midwife Center is nitrous oxide. It's diluted. It's not like the kind you get at the dentist that makes you say all kinds of crazy shit. It's not like the kind you get at a rave that makes you super, super high. It's like a diluted version that makes you, yeah, just feel better. <laughs> but I knew that there's like a max amount they can give you. I'm pretty sure that was the thing. And so that's why I was like, I you have to wait. Like I was like, I had to wait till I really need it. I really didn't want to use it, which is partially ego and partially curiosity. What would it be like if I didn't use it? Right. I wanted to experience the full, the full thing of of childbirth fully without being, you know, medicated, without being my mind altered. Like I wanted the full experience. So I didn't want to use it. But I, but I knew it was there if I if I needed it. So I was starting to think, shit, do I ask for it? Do I ask for other options? I'm starting to go through my mind. Like, I remember this one girl told me she was here. She she got like a um, morphine uh, shot. I wonder if that was during labor or when that was. And I'm starting to wonder about other options. But like, I couldn't even talk in between contractions to even articulate what I was feeling. So I wanted to say, what, what are my options for pain management? But I couldn't even get the words out. Um, so I was feeling like that for a while. I was feeling like, can I do this? <laughs> how I kept thinking how much longer I kept thinking, I want to ask how much longer this is going to take. It has been hours of these contractions being two minutes apart. What the fuck is happening? When is this going to be over? But the thing is, what were they going to say? They don't know. Now they could do a cervical exam and see how far along I was, but there's many reasons to do that. And many reasons not to do that. Um, it really doesn't, tell you much anyways because it that's a whole thing and I'm not the best person to really speak to that um but I didn't want to be told okay you're something something centimeters first of all what does that really mean it doesn't mean there's a certain time frame right um you could be it could be hours and hours left no matter what or you could be like <laughs> hardly, you know, you could, I could be four centimeters and, and give birth an hour later. Like you, you don't know. And the thing is, I couldn't find out how much longer there's nothing they could do, but I wanted to ask like, what can we do to speed this up? 
Because I know they'll also do things like they can break your water. Like they do things to speed it up. <laughs> but I didn't want those things. I wanted to see this through. I was curious, like, how long will this take without any of that? Right? What if I just really see this through? So it was like talking myself into like, no, it's okay. I can do this. It's okay. Um, I, I got this. I want to see what's going to happen here. So in between contractions, I was still feeling relaxed and calm and empowered. And uh, I wanted to trust my body. So at this point, I didn't have any coaching for positions. No one was telling me anything. No one was saying a word to me. Every once in a while, they were like, okay, let's check the baby. And they would put the Doppler on my stomach to like make sure the baby's okay, whatever. And so it was funny because when I would open my eyes, like everyone was just staring at me. <laughs> it was very interesting. So I'm in the tub. I'm starting to get fucking over it. And I'm like, I wonder if I should be pushing. And I would be really passively pushing, like just breathe, like the breathe your baby out type of thing, just like kind of pushing, but not super, super hard. And I remember wondering like, well, is it time to push yet? They aren't telling me not to push and they can see that I'm pushing. So like, I, I don't know. I wasn't sure what to do at this point. Um, But I was kind of pushing and then yeah, the last thing I remember was looking at the clock and it was like midnight, 1 a.m. And and I just remember, so I was doing a low moan during contractions and that was that was helping, that was helping a lot, but the pain was getting to be too much. And at some point, my low moan turned into more of a scream. <laughs> more of like a sound a dying animal makes. And I feel like I just lost it. At some point, I lost it. I lost my breath. I lost my... I lost it. And I remember, I don't remember much about that time except for hearing my husband's voice crack and hearing him kind of lose it as a reaction to me losing it and hearing how upset he was. And that just really stood out to me and made me like really kind of panic. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so at this point, I eventually got the words out and said, I need the nitrous oxide. I need it right now. Couple 30 seconds goes by. I was like, I need the nitrous oxide where, where I, I need it. And they were like, we're getting it. We're getting it. We're getting it. Um, I lost it. I was out of control. I was freaking out, um, freaking the fuck out. So finally they handed me the mask. It's a mask in my hand and I put it on my face and they're telling me how to suck suck it for the nitrous, right? And so I remember at this moment thinking, okay, I want to remember what this feels like. <laughs> what does this feel like? And so I'm hitting the nitrous and I'm feeling kind of floaty, kind of relaxed. The pain went down a lot. Um, but that's all I that's all I could really say. I didn't feel high. I don't know. I, I can't, I, I just remember really wanting to remember what it felt like. And I can't, I, I couldn't at the time even because it almost didn't feel like anything. I don't know. It was really strange. Um, it was really, really, really nice. The pain was more tolerable. Some contractions, I still felt like I was losing it during them, but most of them I was okay. So here's the part where I blacked out. Oh yeah. Here's something funny. None of this was funny at the time. Please understand that. But I remember like my nitrous hose every once in a while would fall off of the mask and I would flip out. Like I needed them to get that, to connect that hose again 
so quickly. I mean, I was, I was flipping out. I remember I kept worrying about my nitrous. Am I going to lose my nitrous? What if I hit the maximum amount? And I'm not articulating any of this. I'm not speaking any of this, but I'm thinking, what if they take it away from me? What if I run out? I can't fucking handle that. I mean, I was petrified of losing the nitrous. So hours and hours went by of this in the tub pushing. I remember overhearing at one point, there was a couple of different people that came in the room because it was shift change. So it must've been kind of the morning at this point. I remember someone saying, how long has she been pushing? Like one of the nurses asking one of the midwife. And I don't remember. Oh, hi, honey. I don't remember what the response was. I just remember hearing how long was she pushing? (laughs) So I had been pushing, don't know how long it was. Um, But I was getting frustrated because nothing was happening. Um, And, you know, I never really felt a super urge to push. Like a lot of women describe it as like, you feel like you have to take the biggest dump of your life. I never felt that. I was just ready to get the baby the fuck out of me. No offense, Clara. (laughs) I was just ready to be done. I was ready. Oh, honey. She's sleeping and she's crying in her sleep. So I remember feeling like the baby was crowning, like feeling something like that and wondering why the fuck is this baby not flying out of me like it has done in every single um <laughs> one minute reel that I've seen on Instagram of water births, right? I feel like my entire Instagram was like these reels of a water birth and the woman just looks so peaceful and the baby just flies out of her and it's this this wonderful, um, yeah, like, and she's not on nitrous, she's chilling. I don't know. That to me was not my experience. I was wondering why isn't like, what's wrong here? Like, why isn't this working? I remember wanting to ask for an episotomy I don't even know if that's something that they would do at this point. If I had asked, probably not. Like, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But I was like pissed and freaking out and uh, pissed and freaking out. So then I remember the next thing I remember, and this is hours later. So I, I either blacked out a lot of it or it was just a lot of the same, right? A lot of just being in the tub, same thing, same kind of thoughts running through my mind, whatever. So I remember being asked by the midwife, how married are you to birthing in the tub? And I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I'll give birth anywhere. Just get this baby out of me. Right. Um, so this was the only time that I really was like being coached. So they got me out of the, that I can recall. Right. So they got me out of the tub and they brought me onto the bed and, and said, you know, get on all fours, put your one leg kind of up. Right. So it was like up, like a, almost like a um, lizard pose in yoga. <laughs> oh honey so that was what they had me do and I kind of came to at this point I dropped the nitrous I was like I gotta bear down and push and I'm just taking the nitrous you know taking a break from the nitrous when I was in that pushing this at least at this phase on the bed I felt like the contractions weren't as bad and I was okay without the nitrous in a sense Okay, so here's the next thing that happened, right? They put me on the bed and immediately I hear them say to me, the baby is a breech. So her butt is coming out instead of her head. Uh, there's an ambulance here. 
I, so, so they were talking amongst themselves and I was overhearing about an ambulance and how long will the ambulance wait? And I'm just in such a fucking blur at this point. Like I'm just, I'm just out of it. And they said to me, the ambulance waits seven minutes. So you have seven minutes to push the baby out or you'll have to go in the ambulance for an emergency C-section. Because, I mean, I think this was because of liabilities, right? For them to let me birth there. They, I feel like they had to call an ambulance because that's their protocol or whatever. Um, That's what I feel. I don't know that that's how they felt, but that's what I feel happened. So at this point, I had been pushing, like my life depended on it for a long, long, long time. The idea of pushing her out in the next seven minutes felt absolutely impossible. I was like, I can't do that. I can't do it. That's how I was. That's how I felt. But at the same time, I have to make this happen. Ain't no way I'm going in an ambulance with no pain meds, with a baby pretty much hanging out of my vagina, going to the hospital for an emergency C-section. I can't do that. I felt like you were, there were two options and I, I couldn't do either one. I just couldn't. I can't even explain how much, um, how crazy this felt. And I bared down and screamed and pushed as hard as I fucking could. And you know what helped here was the thing I didn't want, which was coach pushing. <laughs> um, everyone was cheering me on. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. One more. You know, like, you know, like more like you see like on the tv or whatever births cheering me on eventually i hear them say her butt's out her butt's out i hear them say her one leg is out they're cheering they're screaming you know they're they're that got me through let me say i think that was really really helpful for me at the time her other leg was out they were yelling and that and and finally she was out she was out and um at this point so i'm on the bed on all fours the baby's coming out behind me my husband's in front of me holding my hands everyone's behind me getting the baby. And I remember feeling, oh, I expected more relief when this happened. I expected relief when the baby was out of me and I didn't have it. I expected that I would either give birth in the tub or maybe not, but either way, like I would probably catch my own baby and bring it up to my chest or they would hand me the baby immediately. And I would be in one of the happiest moments of my life. That's what I thought would happen with my birth, right? so what actually happened was I, you know, I birthed her and they're, they're taking her, they're checking her out. They're making sure she's okay. Normally like they give it to you right away, but she was breached. So that's like an extra thing. And I was in complete shock and completely traumatized in this moment. I was shaking so violently. I was hysterically crying. Um, I, I, I thought, <laughs> I thought like I can't hold her because I was like too shook up and it made me feel so sad I couldn't even like look behind me to see her I couldn't do anything I was so shook and I just felt like I just felt like that moment was supposed to be so special you know honey yeah I know baby so I felt like just really upset and something that made it feel better 
I remembered Dejeuner in one of the circles. We were talking about birth and things that sometimes happen. I remembered her saying that sometimes she gets to hold the baby right after it's born because the mom just needs a minute. And so I remembered her saying that and that made me feel so much better because I was like, okay, this is okay. Like, I'm not the first person who's ever felt this way after giving birth. Like, I can't hold my baby. This is maybe normal. Like, everything's like that, that remembering that made me feel a lot better. But I was still just crying hysterically, shaking. I remember thinking, I want my mom. I want my mom. I didn't have any visitors at the midwife center. That was like part of my plan. Um, I'm going to blow my nose real quick. (sighs) Okay. I had to blow my nose and pee really quick. So, all right. So I, yeah, I didn't want visitors there. For one thing, you're not there very long after you give birth. You can leave within a few hours. A lot of people do. Um, you can stay longer if you need to, whatever. But um, it's not like the hospital where you're there for like two days, you know, or at least like one day. So I didn't really see the point of having visitors there. And um, I wanted space. I wanted space and time with just me and Alex and our baby where no one was in there trying to hold her and mess with my breastfeeding, you know, and maybe I wouldn't be able, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> so no one was there I remember thinking about my mom I want to call her I don't want her to come here but it was so hysterical I thought no let's, let's not do that um so then I remember whew, they like got me back into the bed like and it's a nice big queen size bed it's so nice um they had me you know get comfortable and they handed me my daughter here's the part that is really sad is like I really don't remember that part I don't remember. And that hurts me so badly. Not remembering like my first moments with her. I do remember though, like they were like fucking with me, you know, they're doing, they're they're doing the things that I wanted. Right. They were stitching me up. I had one or two stitches. I didn't tear very much, which is amazing being that she was breached, but they really encouraged us to do um, perennial massage. And I really took that seriously. I did it from like week 34 or 35. And I did it like five days a week, like um, to get myself prepared for like birthing a fucking child anyways, and like to reduce my risk of tearing and all of that. So, um, didn't care much, but they were like down there, like looking around, messing around. I'm like, in my mind, like, I don't want them pulling on the placenta. Like I want the placenta out. I'm like, that will make me feel more done. So I said to them, I'm ready to birth the placenta. I'm going to squat and birth it. And they're like, okay. So I squatted, birth the placenta. They're like, you want this placenta? I'm like, I don't want that placenta. Like I didn't want anything to do with it you know, I think it's a smart idea to make, to like have it encapsulated and like consume it. Cool. Not interested. So yeah, they're like talking to me. They're being so sweet because they're so incredible there and they're just doing things to my body and whatever. And I have um, my baby and I do remember Alex and I, you know, as soon as they were done, we had obviously our time with our baby we did the delayed cord clamping, like the things that were in my birth plan. Like I, I got pretty much all of it. Like I'm lucky. Like I got the delayed cord clamping. The baby was healthy. Um, I got immediate skin, like pretty, pretty immediate skin to skin and and all of that. And so I do remember like, not only remember holding her, but remember Alex and I thinking, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Like we loved her right away. I remember feeling really grateful for that. I felt an instant connection to her and I felt like he did too. And I remember somebody saying, how did you two make a blonde baby? Because she's like super blonde or maybe even strawberry blonde. I'm not sure what the color will be. And who knows? Maybe it'll turn brown. 
Um, but yeah, that was, um, and then they were like, what's her name? And and I thought we would discuss her name for hours, like, and, and let hours go by and then choose. Like we had a few names that we were thinking about. Clara was our top. Um, but I really thought like, there's no way, like we won't spend hours discussing it, but I was in such a, in so much shock and disbelief and everything and trauma and everything that I was just Alex and I were just like Clara like we'll just name her Clara like honestly it was one of those moments I can't believe that like I you know it's a huge decision but I I couldn't whatever so it's really foggy from there I remember like breastfeeding I mean I really don't I know that I attempted to breastfeed at the time I don't remember it um I don't know. I have pictures of it. I don't remember it. It's really sad to me. Um, but I do remember she was crying a lot. I remember us, um, they gave us breakfast in bed. They did that something that they do. And then I don't know. Um, the most incredible nurse, absolutely. The one of the most incredible people ever. Um, her name was Shannon. Shout out to Shannon at the Midwife Center. She was providing us with incredible support afterwards, talking to us about the birth, um she did lactation support there um which didn't go super great I did I, breastfeeding did not work for the first um less than 24 hours which is pretty good so it wasn't until like 1 a.m the next day that I felt like oh she's finally like on there and it's working up until then she'd been much screamed the entire time so I remember us ordering lunch <sighs> um Alex walked and got us lunch came back I remember when I went to pee for the first time and someone went with me, one of the nurses took me in there and showed me what to do. And they were so kind, um, so supportive. But uh, honestly, I, I cried a lot. I, my husband and I, Alex and I were like, what the actual fuck was that? We both were like, what the fuck? Um, I later found out Alex was crying a lot during the during the birth, like watching me be in so much pain and suffering. It was really, really hard for him when he was more aware than I was, like when the ambulance came and when they were talking amongst themselves in the corner about, about her being breached, like he was aware. So he was like, oh, my God, you know, he saw the ambulance pull up right next to his truck outside the window like he was freaking, you know, it was really, really crazy for both of us. So we spent a lot of time that day discussing the birth um, and really being like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, I am never doing that again. Like I'll give birth again with an epidural in a hospital. Never again. I was like, fuck that. Um, so we talked a lot about the birth and we immediately both, I, I, remember, I think I remember him saying like, I'm really glad I, this was us together. Or like something where we, we both just really felt like that was fucking crazy, but thank God we have each other to go through this with. Like, it felt like it kind of bonded us in a way. But I felt really shitty about the birth. I thought the birth was terrible. I thought something went wrong. I thought I have a shitty birth experience. I'm traumatized. That was awful. Nothing worked for me. Like, it didn't go well. And so people who texted me that day, like my closest friends that I was responding to that day, I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> that was awful. I'm so traumatized. Um, so, you know, then we went home not long after that. And uh, and so then, you know, we were at home, whatever. Two days later. Oh, my goodness, honey. 
Christmas. She's so cute, you guys. Um, two days later, we went back to the midwife center for a follow-up and uh, met with Shannon, the nurse, which is so incredible. And she did a lot of talking to us like to process the birth experience. And I really valued that. I think we both really needed that. And I started to see that things had actually worked in my favor. And um, here's the thing. She came spontaneously. That was something I really wanted. If I had had the membrane sweep, maybe they would have realized she was breech. If I had that two, a couple of days later, I had scheduled a um, ultrasound at West Penn Hospital because that was a requirement of, of being a patient at Midwife Center for birth. You have to, after 41 weeks, you have to get an ultrasound. They would have known she was breech. I would have had to have a C-section. It would have been immediate. You know, it would have been, um, that would have been my experience. And uh, I'm really grateful I was able to birth her vaginally. Really grateful for that. And so it did work in my favor. And, you know, I, I knew that most women get to a point with an unmedicated birth where they're like, give me the fucking epidural, right? And usually it's like, maybe it's during transition, you're, you're getting ready to push, it's too late. Um, or you're, yeah, you're in a home birth and, and you're like, fuck, take me to the hospital. Give me that. And then someone has to be like, listen, you really want to get in the car. If you really want to drive to the hospital, do you, do you really like, you're so close. Like, but, but the point is that most birth stories I've, I've heard and listened to and read, which has been tons, they've said that they got to that point, right? <laughs> like many of them, um, or lots of people that I know who birthed in the hospital who wanted to do it on Medicaid, but ended up getting the epidural. So I knew that it was going to be intense and painful, I was not expecting a pain-free birth, y'all. I was not expecting that. But for some reason, I wasn't expecting what I got. <laughs> I think you just can't, like, I can't explain what it felt like um, and how shocking it was to feel that those sensations in my body and how crazy that felt. So I came to realize that it was, it really worked out beautifully. Um, she's healthy. I'm healthy. You know, it, it did go really well. And I no longer see it as a traumatizing experience. I think Alex and I needed to process some things. I think it was shocking. Um, but already I feel like I would do it again <laughs> at the midwife center um, with a nitrous. I, I mean, I need the nitrous. I need it. But it was short. I mean, my labor was 16 hours. She came at like 7.30 something in the morning. Um, so I went to labor at 3.33 PM on Thursday. She was born at like 7.30 or something on Friday morning. I have her exact birth time written down. So don't worry, I'm gonna figure out all of her astrology and all of her human design stuff at some point. But um, that's pretty short for a first time labor. It was shorter than I was expecting. And like I was saying before, like it's really a very, very, very temporary experience you know, so short, so temporary. You, you do forget, at least for me, I forgot what it felt like so quickly. I would do it again at the midwife center. They were so incredible. Um, I personally wouldn't do it. Or I wouldn't do a home birth, uh, which I would have leaned more towards before this experience. Um, I personally liked that I was only seven minutes from the hospital, right? Where I live, I'm 30 minutes from, from a labor and delivery hospital. If I did a home birth, I liked the, I, I liked everything about it. I liked everything about it. Um, so it really was a, a beautiful experience. 
Um, yeah. So that's it. That's my story. Um, that's all I have to say, guys. She's here. She's amazing. She's worth it. I love her so much. And new motherhood has been wild and really, really challenging. But um, but I do love her a lot. And yeah, that's where we're at. Thank you guys so much for listening to my story. I love you. And we'll see you next time.